Chapter 16 It was a time of great grief and much sorrow when Pandu rose from the dead. For starting today, not tomorrow, he must renounce the joys of the bed. The medic didn't give him an option, except between this world and the next. To live and avoid any eruption, he just had to give up sex. To young Pandu, as you can imagine, it came as a painful wrench. He could enjoy life's great pageant, but he couldn't lay hands on a wench. To his wife, two lovely ladies, he could offer no more than a kiss. They might as well have lived in Hades for all the hope they could have of bliss. Yes, after those nights full of pleasure, full of baiting and biting and laughter, they would now only have the leisure to contemplate the hereafter. Good deeds was now the motto of the rest of their lives on this earth. No frolic, no getting blotto, no foreplay, no unseemly mirth. No, nothing but an ascetic stoga and the quest for the good and the right. A regular session of yoga and a guru to show him the light. Thus Pandu abandoned the pastime of expending in women his lust. He shrugged passion off for the last time and set off to strive for the just. And where else could he go, Ganapati? but to his uncle Ganga, now ensconed in his ashram on the river bank. Of course, Pandu, the so recent Sybarite, was not about to enroll straightway in the commune and take cheerfully to his share of dishwashing and toilet cleaning. He remained initially an occasional day scholar, coming to listen to Gangaji's discourses when he could, and then returning to the comforts and, for he was still the younger brother of a blind Maharaja, the responsibilities of the palace. This was about the time of Motihari, just after, in fact, and the ashram was already beginning to attract its fair share of hangers-on. You know the song, Ganapati? Groupies with rupees and large solar topies, bakers and fakers and enema-takers, journalists who promoted his cause with their pen, those were among his favourite men. Pandu joined this motley crowd at Gangaji's feet, listening to his ideas and marvelling at the disciples' devotion to him. He learned of politics and Gangan philosophy, of opposing caste unto the last, for Shudras are humans too, of meditation and sanitation and cleaning out the loo. He learned to pray the simple way, for Ganga taught him how to help the weak turn the other cheek and always protect the cow. Soon he sounded more like his mentor than any other chela, spoke Ganga's words, ate Ganga's curds, and even became paler. He broke no debate on being celibate, a trait that's a Sagittarian. His passionate defense of abstinence turned others vegetarian. Poetry, Ganapati. But it's not enough to sing of the transformation of Pandu under Ganga's tutelage. No. One must turn to prose, the prose of the Bharatiya Vidya Bhavan biographies and the school textbooks. How about this, O long nosed one? In discourse, his speech became erudite, his tone measured. In debate, he thought high and aimed low. He became adept at religion, generous in philanthropy, and calm in continence. No? You don't like it? Well, take it down anyway. We must move on. Pandu has begun quoting the Shastra at unlikely moments, applying the most arcane of our ancient concepts to the circumstances of everyday life.
and we must not leave these unrecorded.